Hey, 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 it's B-Rad Celebrity Hairstylist here, your host of the Hairstylist Empowerment Podcast, a platform that allows the voices of the beauty industry to empower with the spoken word. Thank you for joining us on today's show. We're currently over 60,000, thanks to you, and on over 40-plus podcast platforms, including Amazon Music, Audible, and Spotify. So our first guest founded Salon SOS to bring his 20 years plus years of beauty industry experience, plus impressive marketing prowess together to create incredible business development tools specifically designed for the salon industry. A marketing major from McGill University and a former general manager of the number one professional products brand in the salon industry. His strategic consumer-centric approach has helped numerous salons and spas, distributors and manufacturers grow their business. He is dedicated to adding value to the salon industry, sought out speaker and thought leader. He infuses his passion and energy into innovative and empowering solutions for salons and spas across North, North America. So let's um, uh, welcome our guest, Scott Moon, to the Hairstylist Empowerment podcast. Well, welcome, uh, Scott, to the show. Hey, hey, thanks so much, Brad. It's really, uh, really happy to be here. Yeah, it's good to to kind of have you on because I think what we're going to talk about today is really what a lot of people want to know. You know, they want to know more about their brand. They want to know about AI. They want to know about, you know, just all that kind of stuff, which we'll talk a little bit later in the show. But if you can please kind of introduce yourself and give us a little bit about your background. Yeah, absolutely. I'm um, have been have uh, been in the as you you did a great a great intro there. I've been in the uh, in the beauty industry for for over twenty years now. Worked for uh, one of the large manufacturers uh, of uh, of you know our beauty products in the salon uh, salon industry. And it's actually interesting. I when I was first with that company, I was on the the side of the company that was selling products. Um, Drugstore products, so not hair salon products. I was selling other products that were sold through, you know, the drugstore chains and the WalMarts and the Costco's of the world. And you know, I was in marketing, young, you know, a young marketing guy, sort of making my way. And eventually, during my sort of career development there, I had the opportunity to get transferred into the division that, you know, works with hair salons and sells products, you know, directly to salons, distributors, etc. And I honestly, I was very, you know, unsure at the beginning. I said, I don't know if this is, you know, the right environment for me. And, um, mm-hmm. and it very, very quickly, really, really just felt like home. Um, I, I fell in love with the people in the industry, uh, both, you know, at the distributor level, like I said, at the salon level, actually being out, you know, in salons, at events, talking with individuals, learning about their, their challenges. And I felt this huge sort of openness to collaboration. And I've really kind of been dedicating myself ever since to, you know, finding ways to work with, you know, salon professionals to just bring innovative solutions, you know, simple solutions, affordable solutions, something can just help us all 
right? Do a little bit better day by day. And I've been blessed, you know, to be part of this industry now for, uh, like I said, close to, you know, well, over 20 years in the beauty industry. Mm -hmm. uh, but I love what I do every single day. And I hope to continue to do it for a very long time. And, uh, you know, hopefully make a bit of a, a difference along the way. Yeah, and that's what it's really about. And that's what we have the show for too, is for people making a change in the industry. But the the great thing with you, um, you focus mostly on the beauty industry, but you can you you're able to do all industries that they can come to you, things like that. So um you've already told us a little bit about your journey. So we're gonna go a little bit kind of deeper. Can you tell us? Um, about your journey into the world of marketing. So you already kind of said it. So what was that initial spark that got you interested in the field and how has your career evolved over the years? So the marketing itself, when did it turn on for you to say, hey, I want to do marketing? So before you even thought of marketing, we're in marketing. So let's go back 20 plus years. And, and, and what was that initial moment that sparked for you and said, hey, I think I want to do marketing? Because yeah. it's not an easy, I don't think it's an easy task by any means yeah, <laughs> to jump great, into. <laughs> great, great, uh, great question. And I'm, I'm not, I haven't shared this with very many people, but there is a very distinct moment in my life uh, that I remember so clearly. I was 14 years old and I used to, you know, sit and watch TV at night with my parents. And I remember having these exchanges with my dad as we were watching these TV commercials that would come on between the shows. And, you know, a commercial might come on and I, my 14-year-old self, might have, you know, laughed at it and thought, ho, ho, you know, that's great. That's so funny. And my dad was sitting there being like, oh, my goodness, like, that's so stupid. Like, who would make, you know, an advertisement like that? And mm -hmm sort of re repeatedly this this happened quite often and it made me really think like why is it that i like this particular you know advertisement that's being shown but my dad you know thinks it's silly or stupid and i really started to mm -hmm. just kind of get into the consumer psychology and around advertising and, and marketing and that's really what the initial trigger was for me to say hey like i'm really fascinated by this and i want to you know, I want to explore this deeper. And I think I might be interested in, in this as a kind of a career path, uh, you know, going down advertising, marketing, etc. That's really where it all all started. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And with that, and with that, too, it's like some of those commercials, yeah, they are annoying, they are. But I think that's part of the strategy, too. They make them that you you can't stand it or there's a, the radio one and you probably know this one. It kind of starts. It was a rainy day. Right. So <laughs> yeah. they go back. It's the, the pizza thing. Right. And you hear it over and over and, or some stu like stupid lyric or one thing. Once you get it in your head, you can't get it out. So I think that's a, a kind of strategy that they kind of use as well. But marketing is an ever changing landscape. So how do you stay updated with the latest, you know, industry trends and adapt your strategies accordingly? Yeah. Well, I think one of the, the main things to kind of say marketing there's some core principles and you know for any business out there so you know if you're a you know an independent you know stylist or if you're a you know a salon owner uh, you're still marketing yourself and your services you know or your your company you have a, a bit of a brand and it's always going to come down to understanding what your brand stands for right you kind of have to have a bit of a almost like a mission statement right for for who you are why you do what you do you have to have some kind of um 
emotional connection of why people would want to actually do business with you, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that's a key sort of starting point from the marketing standpoint. And then, you know, secondly, is you really have to focus in on who your target audience is, right? And that's where, you know, coming back to those commercials that we were talking about, that was the key difference. It's not as though it was a good, bad or a bad ad, mm -hmm. right? That's totally subjective. It really depends on who your audience is. And, you know, for some audiences, it's going to appear bad. But if you're targeting properly and you know who you're trying to yes. speak to, right, you just care that your message resonates with that audience. And you don't care about, you know, uh, other people that maybe are not going to connect with your message. So no. it's really, really important to understand, you know, who it is that you're trying to talk to, right, and then understanding what their challenges are what their pain points are right and then present yourself you know as a service you know we're obviously in a service-based business so mm -hmm. you know present yourself as a service that can help to overcome those those challenges that they you know are having in their in their lives and obviously it's related to beauty so if we're mm -hmm. you know going deeper into what salons or independent, you know, stylists can actually be thinking about is, you know, who is that target audience of yours? Is it a, you know, a busy professional who's also, a, you know, a mom and she has a family and, you know, she has like a million stresses going on and crazy life, you know, but she needs to, you know, be able to, you know, maintain her beauty and, and her looks because that's important to her mm -hmm. self-identity as well. So how can you really identify what the challenges are in her life and try to position your service offering so that it's going to allow her right to maybe be efficient with her time because that's probably something that's really really important to her right maybe mm -hmm. provide her with some you know quick quick styling tips that she can be you know taking care of her hair in the morning quickly as she's getting the kids ready for school and also preparing for work if she had some quick you know, hair tips that you were providing as her beauty advisor, essentially, that's mm -hmm. what you become, right? Uh, that's going to really connect and resonate with her. And she's going to be so grateful and thankful for you as her stylist. And that's what's going to help keep, you know, keep her as a loyal client, talk to, you know, others about her. But again, it's identifying who that target is and speaking mm -hmm. to them. You know, if that's not your target market, then you, you might present your services in a completely different manner. And that's exactly it. I mean, it doesn't matter, like you said, if it's good, bad, indifferent, as long as it's effective. So, and who you're going to, so who it's going to be effective on is your market you're trying to reach. Cause obviously that's going to affect them more. And you also mentioned about challenges. So could you share a few examples of the most challenging marketing, marketing campaigns you've worked on and how you overcame obstacles to achieve success? Woo, what a doozy. <laughs> oh, yeah, we go deep on this show. We we no fluff, sorry. <laughs> yeah. uh, most challenging marketing campaigns. Well, and I have to be careful not to um, put stuff out because there, you know, there are times I can go back to, you know, when I was working for the, you know, the, the large manufacturer that I talked about, mm -hmm. um, you know, in those in those cases, those, you know, big companies that are, you know, launching new products and whatnot into the marketplace, very often those products have been developed in, you know, a different country. You know, I was based in Canada for, you know, the majority of my career. So the products might have already been developed and launched in another country. And then we would have to, you know, prepare the launch for 
Canada. And mm -hmm. I'm not going to get into specific, you know, product names. Oh, or no, anything, that's fine. Yep. You know, mm -hmm. there are certainly, you know, several occasions where you're kind of almost uh, forced to be launching a product into the market that you didn't totally believe in. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, that's, you know, one of the challenges sometimes when you're, you know, working for large, uh, you know, large organizations and, um, or, you know, uh, Similarly, is when you know products get removed from the market, um, mm -hmm. and it, it might be something that's a you know a product that's doing very well in Canada, but because it hasn't been doing well in other countries, mm -hmm. you know globally they decide to remove it, and now we're stuck with the challenge of uh, you know having to communicate you know why it's going away and how to sort of um, offset that. You know, and I know that it is very frustrating experience for, you know, salons and, and stylists when that when that happens. And, mm -hmm. you know, from uh, let's say, you know, my personal standpoint, you know, from a marketing, you know, from a marketing perspective, um, really, obviously, the challenge is trying to help your audience. And, you know, my audience is always hair salons, right? And, mm -hmm. and salon professionals and stylists. So it's helping give them the tools right and the scripts and the story so that yes. they can right they can properly communicate it to their clientele right it's really mm -hmm. it's like a, it's like a chain um and we have to make sure that we're kind of uh keeping that that game of telephone tag as as tight as possible um and it's not always you know the most ideal situation mm -hmm. but i think you have to really you know, identify and, and look to collaborate with people and say, you know what, sometimes certain things are out of your control. But mm -hmm. if you can create at least a, a story that makes sense that people can, you know, get their heads around, again, marketing mm -hmm. is a lot about psychology. So it's about, um, you know, presenting a story in a way that, that people will sort of buy into and, uh, and accept. Exactly. And you want to be, you want to be authentic. You want to be when you're sharing, as I say, because yeah, there are products that people love, great campaigns and, oh, we really love this. And then now they can't get it. So they have to look to other alternatives. But as I say, it's creating that dialogue with your client that says, hey, they're not carrying this anymore. I always think it's best to be truthful and authentic. But so with your, um, with your clientele, um, what are the big uh, three that most people have challenges with or needing assistance with maybe like if we can talk, uh, like about AI, um, you know, gaining clients, loyalty programs. So do you deal with all that and, and what kind of, how do you address those concerns? Yeah. I'm talking a little bit more about it, what AI is, you know, everybody's always, I need more clients. I need more clients. Or some people don't even know about loyalty programs. Are there benefits? Is it worth it to have it in the salon? Yeah, great, uh, great question. So I'll sort of start here because, you know, you asked what are some of the, the main challenges that we hear from salons? So, you know, beyond, you know, staff, you know, staff is, is always, you know, the number one thing we need. We need more staff. We need mm -hmm. more staff. Um, and there is a there is a whole marketing you know aspect to that because you need to market your salon in order to attract right staff mm -hmm. to come and work for you. Right. And you have to build those relationships in your community. So that's, you know, one sort of aspect of people think it's just like a, you know, an, an HR, you know, human resources and hiring game. But actually, if you have strong marketing in place, that's actually not just attracting clients, it's actually attracting potential stylists, uh, mm. you know, 
front desk people to kind of come and want to work with you and your culture. So that's one area just kind of I think is important to recognize for salons that that's still all about marketing and how you present yourself. Uh, in terms of more traditional marketing, what we think of, yes, everyone you know is constantly always talking about you know we need more clients, we need more clients. It seems to be like a revolving door. And mm -hmm. something that I always talk about is that your marketing plan, right, to gain new clients is only as good as your retention plan. Mm. And what I mean by that is that if you don't have a solid retention plan in place to actually keep your existing clients, right, then it, it really serves not a lot of purpose to keep trying to get new clients in, new clients in, new clients in, because it's like you have a hole at the bottom of the bag and they keep, you know, dripping out and dripping out and dripping out. And it's just mm -hmm. this never ending cycle. So before you focus too much energy on trying to get new clients in, I always say it's really important to make sure that you have a strong retention plan in place. And that comes with, you know, client loyalty and obviously loyalty programs. You know, loyalty programs are something that are very common in pretty much every single industry, you know, in our in our world. And yet still is not nearly as common in the hair salon and spa world. Uh, you know, it's definitely made progress over the last 10 years, but there's still a lot of work to be done. We can delve, you know, a little bit deeper because we do have a, you know, a pretty powerful tool that's proven to be very successful for, uh, for salons. Um, so those are kind of really two big areas is like gaining clients. There's a whole strategy on that. And uh, mm -hmm. a lot of, a lot of salons have really sort of, um, gotten on board and understood the power of Google rankings and what's called SEO search engine optimization and being mm -hmm. ranked higher when people do searches for things on the internet, because search is a really, really critical part of consumers, right? Every single day, there's actually 3.5 billion with a B wow. searches on Google every single day. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, and, and these are people who are actively looking for something, right? So if they are looking for a hair salon in your city or a hairstylist in your city, or they're looking for a specific hair service or, you know, salon service in your city, they're actively looking for that. That's a, a hungry, a hungry potential buyer, right? They're very highly motivated. So if you can capitalize mm -hmm. on that and make sure that you get, you know, yourself ranked you know, high in Google on some of those key terms, you know, that can be a very, very, very uh, powerful way to help, you know, gain new clients. Unfortunately, a lot of salons have just not even been thinking about that. And they just, you know, put all their energy into, you know, posting on Instagram and Facebook and, you know, hoping that that's going to, you know, bring in thousands of clients, but uh, it's not, mm -hmm. uh, it's, <laughs> it's not nearly as effective in terms of new clients coming through the door. No, and that's a big thing because a lot of people think that somebody with a lot of followers equal clients, but it doesn't. Like, I mean, obviously, if you have 10,000 followers, you put a post up, three people like it. Those aren't. And, and, and one, one issue I think a lot of stylists have is they have their Facebook pages, they have their social media, but all they do is invite other hairstylists. So other hairstylists aren't going to become clients. 
for you. You really have to focus on, unless you're someone like yourself, where you help hairstylists, of course, then you want to invite hairstylists to your social media. And especially now with the kind of age of AI that that it's kind of just flooded the market and stuff like that. One thing we kind of talked about previously, a little bit about ethical marketing um, is a topic of increasing importance. So what are your views on ethical marketing practices and how do you ensure that your campaign, your campaigns align with these principles? Yeah, I mean, I just from a personal standpoint, I believe very strongly in just kind of integrity. Um, and I believe in just the uh, I, people asking about my religion. I say I, be I believe in the religion of just being a good human being. Uh, mm -hmm. Honestly, like that's kind of how I try to live my life. And that translates itself into, you know, everything that that I get involved with, certainly. So, you know, from a from a marketing standpoint, you know, what you said earlier, I believe that honesty is always the best policy. And with with AI today, artificial intelligence, you know, there are a lot of fears in the marketplace today that, you know, there's all these what's called deep fakes um, mm -hmm. because you can, you know, program, you know, artificial intelligence tools to like look like, you know, impersonate some yeah, something some, like someone look like you know, someone. Yeah. Look, <laughs> sound like somebody you can mm -hmm. you could technically make a, a video of uh, of someone famous and have their voice saying something that's actually completely not them. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, that leads to a lot of worries about, you know, how could that technology be used for, you know, for for negative, uh, negative stuff. I think what we all have the responsibility, you know, to do ourselves. So that includes me and my business, and you know, everybody listening mm -hmm. for their own, you know, business within the salon, uh, you know, the salon industry is. We just have to be true to ourselves, and you know, if we are utilizing, you know, artificial intelligence to help us, you know, come up with content, come up with, you know, ideas, even you know, creating images. Uh, it's totally mm -hmm. fine. Creating content is fine. It's just like, you know, re finding a different way to write something. It kind of can help you with your creativity sometimes. You just want to make sure that you're, you know, checking it over. Uh, if ever you're using, you know, some statistics uh, that's maybe being given to you by, you know, an AI, if it's suggesting, just make sure that you know where that, you know, statistic is actually yeah. coming from. And you can actually uh, quickly, you know, quickly check the source to make sure that it's accurate. Um, and not, uh, <laughs> yeah, you want to make sure the numbers, yeah, the numbers are legit or cross check it, that sort of thing. That kind of brings us to, yeah, as I say, with data and being in the digital age, like data plays a significant role in marketing decisions. So, how do you leverage data analytics to optimize marketing strategies for your clients? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's critical, right? Um, marketing as a whole is typically very subjective right mm -hmm. uh it's uh it's more of an art than it is a science and it's about you know the emotions connecting with people on an emotional level but to actually measure your success is critical in order to help shape what you do in the future right mm -hmm. Most people have probably heard, you know, the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Mm -hmm. So if you're not actually looking at, you know, the results that you're getting from your from your marketing initiatives, 
and then seeing is this you know working or not a great simple tool that everybody can be utilizing for this everyone's you know active on instagram um if you have a, a business account on instagram you have access mm -hmm. to what's called insights and instagram yes. insights you know gives you a lot of statistics right in a simple way where it's not like you have to go in a deep delve dive and some people say mm -hmm. oh like i don't i don't like all the numbers and whatnot you can just look very very simply and see which one of your posts over the last 30 days over the last 90 days which ones are performing better which ones are getting more engagement more interaction you can look at you know what time of day um, you know, your followers are more active online so that you can be posting, you know, at times mm -hmm. where you have a better likelihood of connecting, you know, with your audience. Uh, you can see days of the week that are more active. You can see, you know, your followers, where they're coming from. Are they male or female? What age groups are they in? So some of these sort of basic things can allow you to see if what you're currently doing is giving you the results that you want or not and that can help you at least make a decision to you know do more of something or less of something mm -hmm. in the future right so having an understanding of the results another thing that i really really encourage salons uh, and again individual stylists you as a service provider to be looking at is when you have a new client come visit you you should always 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 be asking them and tracking this, how did they hear about you, mm -hmm. right? Did they find out about you through, you know, just an online search, you know, like Google? Did they find out about you because they saw you through social media? Did they find mm -hmm. out about you because they were referred by somebody else? Uh, you know, and not just casually, I think you should actually track that number. You can track it on a mm -hmm. piece of paper at the very least, uh, you know, or a very simple, simple you know sort of spreadsheet on your computer and after you've had you know 30 you know new clients over a period of time 50 new clients 100 mm -hmm. new clients you can look and say huh you know 50 percent you know about half of the new clients are coming to us because of you know one you know social media or google or, or something and you can now shift maybe your marketing efforts and say hey it seems like that's really the great source to get new clients, we should be putting more energy into that because it's more successful at bringing us new clients. But if you're not even tracking that, you're not looking at it, then you don't know. And when you have no awareness, mm -hmm. then we're not going to change our behavior. So it's really, really important that we actually make ourselves aware and that we look at some of these things to help us improve step by step over time. And I think too, for a lot of, a lot of, business owners or stylists or people following social media um, that have accounts like numbers for them analytics for them seems overwhelming but but you can look at it a different light where it can be fun and it gives you insight because why would one post get you a couple hundred likes another post get you two likes you know you didn't really you didn't think you've changed anything but it's kind of knowing and the same like you said with the time like, where are your clients from? Like, we're in Canada, but maybe we have people from the UK looking at our stuff. Maybe we have people from Australia looking at our stuff. So one is like five hours ahead. The other one is 15 hours ahead. Or some people could be hours behind if they're in, you know, uh, Vancouver or some different places. So you have to know it's like, okay, it's nine o'clock here. Everybody's on at this time. I'm going to post. Well, for somebody else, it might not be nine o'clock. 
It might be sometime in the afternoon when they're still at work or, and those are really things that we kind of have to, there's a lot more to think about, but I think once you kind of get it or work with, with a strategist, uh, you know, marketing specialist, they can help you and say, Hey, let's look at your analytics. Here's the best times for you to post when to post, how many times to post. And, and it's the same with tagging. How many times do I tag? How many times do I, you know, use the hashtags? How many times is it even relevant anymore? Do I use 30? Do I use three? Like, I know a lot of people have questions like that, but I think if you use the tools like insights, because insights will also tell you when someone's left. They don't tell you who it is, but they'll say you were at this number and now two people have left after a certain post. So it kind of gives you an idea, but really if people leave, that's fine because you really only want the people looking at your marketing that are, you know, your vibe is your tribe. So you basically, like you said, you want to target to the right people and you don't want people on there who are never going to like, never going to share, never going to recommend, never going to be active, you know, on your, on your social media, make comments, do any of that kind of stuff. But so what, what are some key elements that every successful marketing strategy should include, like regardless of the industry or target audience, but generally we can, we can speak more in the beauty industry. So if they had a marketing strategy, what should you always include to be successful? So there's a, there's a couple of, a uh, couple of things here, uh, but I also, and I'll, I'll tie it in uh, as we go, because one of the one of the keys to an effective marketing strategy is clearly identifying your target market okay and mm -hmm. uh, we talked about that a little bit earlier but I'm, we'll just sort of come back on it because it also relates to what you were just talking about brad with your instagram and your followers and being able to know mm -hmm. who's who i really really like to stress that the quality of your followers is way more important than the quantity of your followers so mm -hmm. Don't be envious that somebody else has, you know, 10,000 followers or, uh, you know, 50,000 followers or whatever the case may be. It's really, really important to make sure that the followers are actual potential customers of yours. Mm -hmm. That's way more important. So you have to sort of understand that as we're coming back to marketing strategy, it's about building that from the first place, right? You get mm -hmm. to be intentional. What type of clients do you want to have in your chair every single day, right? Do you want, and what type of services do you want to be performing, right? You can actually be intentional if you set this up in advance uh, in terms of your strategy. You say, you know what, I want to be doing balayages. I want to be doing high ticket, you know, uh, services. I enjoy the actual, you know, the process, the creativity that comes along with it. Um, and it's actually, I get to work with fewer clients, but I get to kind of get more in depth with them. You know, somebody else might say, Hey, you know what? Like I just, I really enjoy cutting and finishing and I want more of that and less color work. You know, you have to find what, what is important for you. Mm -hmm. And that starts as part of a strategy that you're building, right? Um, so what services do you want to be offering? Who is that target audience? It's so, so, so critical that you, that you narrow down, uh, you know, to them. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm going to come back to what I talked about in terms of strategy is, you know, what are the challenges of that particular target audience, right? You need to understand what are the challenges that they're having. And then you can answer the question, how, how do my products and services help the target audience solve their problems? 
right? And if you can answer those questions, you now have a base to work from in terms of what content you start putting out there, right? Because you're going to be just putting out how you are helping solve their problems and you know who you're talking to. So you can use, you know, use language, you can use examples of, you know, people that fit the profile of your target audience. If they're, you know, into like health and, you know, health and wellness, you might be talking more about those types of things as part of your captions in your post. And you're going to draw in more people who are interested in that, in that mentality, in that language. Right. And by presenting, you know, tips on how you're solving their problems. Again, you're connecting with them emotionally on their challenges that they're having, and they're seeing you as a provider of potential solutions, right? So you're connecting emotionally with those people and you're drawing in the right type of people that you want to be working more and more with. So it's all about being intentional, you know, and this starts with, you know, creating that, that strategy of, you know, who you are, like what you want to be doing, right? Who's your target audience? what challenges they have and how your products and services can help them overcome their challenges. Yeah. And that's exactly it because I think we need to be the go-to expert in our industry. I always believe that money comes through service and the bigger the problem you can solve, I think the greater income you'll receive because you're helping more people, that sort of thing. And I think with, with the big thing now with a lot of social is algorithms everybody's like oh the algorithm but i think now especially with ig they're looking more at not necessarily how big your audience is they're looking at how um how you connect like how you're connecting with your audience so you may have an audience of ten thousand with very little um connection or interaction but you may have an audience of three but yet they're constantly you know liking, sharing, commenting, doing all that. So I think that's what they look at more now is more the interaction of your platform and how engagement. So they're looking at more engagement as opposed to numbers. Because at one time, especially in this industry, a lot of big companies, especially if you want to be part of a big company, work for a big company, they wouldn't look at you unless you had over 10,000 followers. But then now they're looking at more engagement. So if you're really engaged with your audience, then people are going to, um, I think you'll be more successful with your platform because then you kind of know all your followers where a lot of them just, oh yeah, I just want the numbers. So I'm going to just let people come, you know, on and that sort of thing. But like with my followers, I know each, each person, everybody that follows me, I know all of them. So in some way I've reached out, I've connected. And that's the thing too, like just saying, hey, thank you for following me. You know, here's our thing. You know, how can we assist you? Rather than, oh, we got to like, we got to like, and you just leave that client just out there. I think that that's still part of a marketing strategy too, is reaching out and connecting. Because now you're taking that heart connection a little bit and they're like, hey, wow, they're, they're, I'm being seen, I'm being heard, I'm being listened to. These are my issues. Even if you ask them, what are your things, blah, blah, blah. Then if you can do that for them, and you're also qualifying that client as well to say, yes, my salon, my staff, my uh, toolkit of what I can provide. Like you said, with all the products, with all the services, with all the skills, you should be able to connect all those things uh, to establish a solution for a client. And we kind of already covered this, but my next one is... Um, so with 
with content marketing, it's like a buzzword in the industry. So could you share some strategies for creating compelling and a valuable content that resonates with audiences? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great, uh, great question. And um, the key that everybody is looking for is engagement, right? Like we all want, you know, more engagement, you know, with our, our clients. So it's always like, you know, what can I post? How do I get more engagement? So a couple of things that we need to look at here um, for, uh, for getting more engagement. The first thing, before we actually talk about what content you put out, mm-hmm. if you want people to be engaging with your content, how selfish is it for us to be asking for that if we are not engaging with other people's content, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we have to recognize that social media is, it's called social for a reason, right? It's not, a, <laughs> not, it's not billboard advertising, but too yes. many people I think have gotten caught into it. I'm just going to like post, you know, I'm going to like do my post and I'm going to sit back and see how many people liked and commented on it. And then I'm going to complain about the algorithm, not mm-hmm. giving me enough visibility and whatnot. And, you know, the reality yeah. is it's social media. And just like anything else in life, you know, if I want to, you know, earn more respect and have more people respect me, the way to do that is that I have to actually treat others with respect. I have to show respect and then it's going to boomerang and come back to me and I will earn more respect by doing that. If I want to be loved, I have to start by giving love, you know, out and showing love, and then it's going to come back. So if I want more engagement on my social media, I have to start by engaging with other people's social medias. And exactly to what you were just speaking to, Brad, you need to understand Mm -hmm. who your your really, really active followers are. I like to call them your super fans. Mm -hmm. You should know who your super fans are, and you need to be actively engaging with them on a regular basis. And then also trying to, you know, engage with others to maybe be, bring them in to become more super fans. And they're then going to, you know, return that and bring more engagement onto your, you know, mm-hmm. posts and content as well. So that's a starting point uh, about engagement that that's really important. It's actually more important than just, you know, what type of content is going to get me more engagement because actually engaging with others is mm-hmm. what's going to get you the most engagement. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of actual content ideas, so we can sort of throw a few things out here. Again, I always come back to, you know, you want to think about that strategy that we talked about. So, you know, what are those pain points, right, that your audience has and how are you solving those pain points? And now that should be the focal point of what your content is, mm-hmm. right? So you should be showcasing that. And it might be, you know, little tips and tutorials that works really, really well on a regular basis because, consumers out there, they want information, right? They want to learn more about their beauty, you know, regimen, their beauty routines. They want tips and tricks and you're the expert. You're the one who has that information. So, you know, if all you're doing is just, you know, posting a picture of the hair that you did over and over and over and over again, okay, it's showing that great, you can deliver excellent Mm -hmm. results, but how is that providing value to your audience, right? How is that teaching them something? So I'm not saying not to post, you know, your hair results, uh, you know, and and showcasing your results. You just want a good variety, right? Because you want to show like, here's some inspiration of looks that you can 
do. And that's where you always want to be thinking the value for my audience. What's the value mm-hmm. for my audience? So if I'm posting a picture of a you know, beautiful balayage that I did, how can I turn this into some kind of value for my audience? Not just, hey, look at me, look at the great work that I did. Mm-hmm. It's, you know what? Here's some here's some inspiration, you know, that might help you. Here's, you know, the transformation that's possible, you know, so to help people think through uh, what they might want to be able to to do. Maybe you talk about, you know, uh, how to go about doing, you know, a consultation to get to this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, those elements that is actually going to resonate a little bit deeper, right, with your audience that you're speaking to. So. Um, I feel like the content has to be bringing some kind of value to your target audience. And if you just continually mm-hmm. throw value, throw them value, sometimes it's inspiration, sometimes it's education, and sometimes it's going to be, you know, a little bit of humor because, you know, people mm-hmm. like to, you know, engage and laugh a little bit. Uh, but think about posting for your audience and not just posting what you like. Exactly. Because a lot of times what you like isn't necessarily what your audience likes. And I I believe people love to buy, but they don't love to be sold to. So what I see a lot of is, you know, Balia's special, the price and the phone number, and that's it. They don't really, like you said, why not create a video? And maybe they're the first time they're thinking about balayage but they don't really know what the steps are or how long it takes or how do I take care of my balayage? What products do I need? Like for me, I would love all that information. And then that would show me that you're the expert and I want to go more to a certain stylist or your salon because now I know more about it, what to expect as far as price rather than just, you know, balayage special and come in. And then because I don't think those ads really do anything unless you're hunting for price or you're looking to have a balayage done done anyway. But what about that person that never thought about a balayage that, oh yeah, that might be great for me. You know, just tapping into that market, that market as well. So where you are in kind of Montreal, it's known for its like diverse culture. And I've been to Montreal before. And (laughs) so how has the local culture influenced your marketing strategies and the way that you approach different markets and audiences? Um, I think I, you know, I had the, I'm grateful that I grew up in this culture because like you said, it was so diverse and it, it gave me the opportunity as well as open my eyes to, you know, be open and curious from a very young age uh, about different cultures, about different people, about different foods. And, and really that approach really, I think, allowed me to be prepared to start, you know, uh, working with people, individuals, companies from, you know, many places around the world, because I was already kind of open to having those conversations and, and learning about different cultures um, and just sort of nuances, right? It's a lot of it is nuance. If we look at North America, you know, we can say, mm-hmm. Oh, in North America, it's like all lumped together, you know, but there's, there's not just nuances, East coast, West coast, but there's, you know, mid, you know, mid and, and even within like, you know, uh, if you're in, you know, Central America, but you're in like a, a city versus, you know, a rural area, there are nuances in terms of how to connect and interact. So, um, I feel like, you know, growing up in a multicultural environment, you know, like Montreal allowed me mm-hmm. to just kind of connect with that at an, at an early age. And, and then through my experiences, you know, at the, at the manufacturer level, like I, I said, uh, you know, marketing different products towards different 
target markets, uh, you know, as well. It gave me a lot of experience that now I feel very enriched to be able to work with, you know, salon professionals from all over the place um, and really be able to to help them connect right with their local audiences you know we don't just work in north america we do have some salons outside we're you know fully uh, fully fluent in you know english and, and french so any english mm -hmm. and french countries around the world um you know we certainly uh, certainly can support and have you know at least a good a good background i think to uh, to be able to understand how to connect with different target audiences in different cultures with different needs um and yeah, like I said, I'm just grateful that I kind of grew up in an environment that made that a little bit easier uh, early on. Oh, yeah, which, which is great. So talking globally, like, can you share, and you must have many, but um, can you share some memorable marketing campaigns or initiatives that kind of made a significant impact on a local or global scale? Like some kind of thing that was a heart project for you or some campaign you thought, wow, this is really making a difference in the industry? Like something that I personally worked on or just a campaign in general that I feel, um, you know, it could be, I, it could be either or. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I'll, I'll, I'll throw some flowers in a, you know, in a different, uh, a different direction. Um, mm -hmm. Just because, you know, when you look at things that have, have connected on a, a global, uh, a global level, um, I do give a lot of credit. I don't love promoting specific, <laughs> specific brands, but, um, no. you know, this was, uh, you know, started early on as the, it's Dove, uh, mm -hmm. you know, Dove sort of, uh, hair care, skincare, you know, brand. Yes. I think they were, you know, one of the first beauty brands and I know it's not within the, you know, salon, you know, salon space. So, but I think if we just look at it from a conceptual yeah, standpoint, exactly the initiative. Yeah. Yeah how they first came out with just kind of the natural beauty uh, and embracing, you know, natural beauty and allowing, you know, women to, uh, to feel beautiful for who they are, regardless of, you know, body type and color and shape and race and, and all of that, uh, mm -hmm. their sort of global beauty campaign. Now this would go back ugh, at least, at least 15, 20 years. Mm -hmm. I think that, that when it first, first came out, but it really took on a, a global, um, you know, perspective. And, I, I give them continued credit because during the you know the uh, the pandemic you know a few a few years few years back mm -hmm. um, they continued with a, a campaign where they had global healthcare workers um, and talking about you know the the challenges on their skin like wearing masks uh, mm -hmm. you know in those you know hospital and, and healthcare environments you know constantly and these are people that are you know giving you know so much of themselves to help the communities but the impact that it was having you know negatively on their on their skin um, mm -hmm. and they they actually did a very sort of revealing campaign around skincare uh, related to that but again I feel like they've been a great example of you know putting together kind of a campaigns that really can can reach globally and touch you know mm -hmm. many people with a message that really resonates and i think it's a good example for us to you know look for ways that we can you know find a way to resonate with our communities right so if you if you take the inspiration of that they you know looked at a big sort of global issue mm -hmm. but if you can find issues that maybe relate to your community when we were just talking about you know the differences between the cultures and whatnot and you know every mm -hmm. community has its has its uh, its challenges, but it has its identity. And if you as a salon professional can really tap into that, 
right? And find an mm -hmm. issue that's at the heart of the people in your community and find a way to incorporate that into what you do. You know, maybe it's a not just a give back campaign where you say, okay, you know what, 5% of proceeds are going to this local thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's fine. I'm not saying that that's bad, but you can probably leverage it even further you know, by just kind of getting creative, maybe collaborating with a few people within the community uh, to create, you know, a special project. And now your business is kind of at the heart of this of this campaign that that might really resonate a lot deeper within your community. Uh, so that's kind of the learning from, you know, the global campaign I spoke about that maybe we could adapt, mm -hmm. you know, to our local communities and really make an impact. Exactly. And I love the campaign you just mentioned because, it solidifies what you've already said previously in the show about knowing who your market is. You know, they had a specific market and they had, you know, they were, they were empowering women. They were telling women there's something right with you and not necessarily something wrong with you. Because most times in the beauty industry, it's like you have lines, you have wrinkles, you have this, you have that. So that's why you need this product. Yes, it solves a problem. But then a lot of people, there's something wrong with them. But I think when you can step into your authenticity, you can become your own person. And I think people need more of that. They need to be more empowered. They need to, you know, really kind of step into their own. And I think they need marketing that kind of does that for them. So by using a certain product or service, you become empowered. Right. So then that way, when you're empowered by using the product, if it makes you feel better, if it's makeup, if it's skincare, if it's shampoo for hair loss, if it's whatever it might be, and it makes a difference for you and it makes you feel better, then I think that's really the, the way it should go. And with meeting and collabing and all that kind of stuff. So networking is is crucial in making in the marketing world. So how do you build and maintain relationships with clients, collaborators and other professionals in your field? Yeah, another uh, another great question, Brad. I think you have to start by asking yourself, right, as an independent independent stylist or, or service provider, how can I be unique? How can I differentiate myself, right, from all the other stylists that are essentially offering a very similar service, right, uh, in my community? And why should people come to me? And it is about relationships. Our relationship is so much, our industry is so much about relationships and bonding. But you've got to find a way to make that experience with you unique. So, you know, I would really start by making sure that you personalize that guest experience as much as you possibly can. Make that individual feel so special, so unique mm -hmm. when they come and they sit in your chair. Um, and that comes from all the little touches, uh, you know, depending on how your, your system is for checking in, you know, maybe you have a, a a front desk team that's doing it. Maybe it's, you know, you personally, if you're just, you know, working on your own or in a small space, you know, but greeting them, you know, making sure that you have their, their, you know, always their first name, making sure that you have their favorite drink, you know what that is, and that you have that kind of prepared for them. So you don't even have to, you know, ask them each time, uh, you know, those little, little details actually make people feel so special. Mm -hmm. And then even into your service, you can start incorporating some, some personalized experiences. Um, and, you know, this ties in with with marketing, but here's one in particular that, that I love is when you're at the the finishing stage of, of doing someone's hair, right? You're doing the the actual uh, the styling blowout portion. This mm -hmm. is actually the portion that the the guest 
is going to kind of need to be doing on their own, right? Mm -hmm. Over the next, you know, four to six weeks before they come back to yes. see you again. And that's what they struggle with the most is I can never get my hair to look the way it does when I am at the salon. And that's a great compliment to, you know, to you as a stylist, obviously mm -hmm. we, we want them to love, you know, coming to, uh, to see us, but if we can, you know, provide them with those tips that's going to help them feel that much more confident and, and comfortable with their hair every single day between visits. That's great. So why not actually set up your phone on, the, on a little clip on tripod at your station or even the mm -hmm. customer's phone and say, you know what, as a, as a little special that I do for some of my mm. VIP guests, you know, I'd be happy to record, you know, what I'm going to do here to sort of finish. And I'll show you you know, some tips that you can actually do on your own, right, to kind of maintain and recreate this look, these great waves, you know, this great shine, whatever the case may be. And now as you're doing it, it doesn't take any more time because you're doing it anyways, it's just being recorded. But now the mm -hmm. guest feels so special, so unique, and that's part of building that rapport with them. They're going to say, no one has ever done this for me before. Mm -hmm. Like, Wow, you know, my, my stylist, you know, took the time to really like explain it to me, not just sit there and do it and then shove me out the door. Um, and now I actually have a, a tool that I can use. Like, why on earth would I go and see a different stylist in the future? Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, because they've really, they really reached out. And, and that, that alone is worth gold. It's an amazing tip that why not do it in the moment, be present with your client, because clients always say, I wish I could take you home. Well, exactly. now you can. <laughs> so here I am. Take you home. Watch me every day as you're doing it. Learn the tools you need. Get the right products on the way out. Rebook, you know, every four to six weeks, whatever it is. But it's done. Like you said, it's a different experience that they haven't experienced before. Because most most clients will say or most stylists will say, oh, you'll get it. You'll get the hang of it. But then they move so fast that they can't really, the client doesn't get a chance, especially a brand new client. I think this would really enhance their experience in the chair and make you more of an expert to say, hey, I know you paid for this time. I'm going to make value for what you paid. So then you're going to get extra that you didn't. I always believe in under promising over deliver. So yeah. you're always better to under like promise less and give them way more than they and just blow their minds. And then so when they walk out, they're going to start to become an advocate, a super fan, because they're going to say, I went to that salon to this new stylist. They did this for me that no other, you know, salon has done before. Because a biggest thing for me too, even people say, wow, finally, I found someone who actually listens. So that's a big thing you think, oh, that's, but a lot of stylists don't listen. And, and to, and that's what clients want. They want to be heard. So that's a great way to say, I'm going to take, if this is something you're going to have difficult with, then here, I'm going to do this for you. So for the next four to six weeks, you have this. And, and if you still have tweaks that we need to make, then we can do that on your next visit. So you always have them coming back for something more exciting that shows that you're thinking about them. Hey, this new product came in. I thought it would be perfect for you. Hey, I went to a hair show. I saw the style. I think it would be great on you. So it's not just a matter of a, a, a physical money transaction. It's actually an energetic exchange. Where we're actually connecting with them. So the thing, if we're connecting and doing all this now, what does the future of marketing look like in your opinion? Like um, what engaging trends do um, that you believe will shape the industry in the coming years? 
Well, that's a loaded question, Brad, because uh, mm-hmm. our uh, our world is changing so rapidly right now. Um, mm-hmm. I think you know we're all seeing it right now is like the the first first taste of artificial intelligence mm-hmm. and people have maybe heard of this terminology you know web 3.0 because there's also uh you know the whole wave that started a couple of years ago with you know cryptocurrency mm-hmm. and this blockchain technology and um there's a massive massive technology shift that's that's coming and then we're kind of like on the cusp of it and we never really know how quickly these things go but um you know if we just look back you know 20 years ago where you know i didn't even know if facebook existed 20 years ago or not uh but it was probably 2007 like, 2005 2007 around there yeah, yeah. right so like not even <laughs> not even yet if we go back 20 years we didn't even have social media yet we were still just getting used to basic cell phones that you know we only use them to make phone calls now we don't now we don't use them for phone calls we use them as like personal computer it's a mini computer yeah, yeah <laughs> in our pockets so it's really difficult to predict exactly how fast things are going to go but one thing that i can absolutely you know say with extreme confidence is artificial intelligence is going to be a revolutionary technology that's going to impact not just our industry, but the entire world over the next three, five, 10 years and beyond. And I don't think any of us can actually even dream of what it might you know, be able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's super, super important that we all recognize that this is, this is a real thing that's going to have a massive impact. And the best thing that we can at least do right now is start to listen. Right. Mm-hmm. Start to start to taste. Right. Learn a little bit about it. Play with it a little bit mm-hmm. so that you have at least a somewhat of an understanding of sort of what it is and what some of the capabilities are. It's obviously going to continue to advance, you know, quite dramatically. And what we can do with it right now, you know, people, you know, are very or I don't know about very familiar, but people have heard, mm-hmm. you know, most likely like chat GPT is yes. kind of like the, the big thing that that kind of gets a lot of buzz. Chat GPT is just one tool mm-hmm. of thousands and thousands and thousands of artificial intelligence tools yes. that already exist today. Uh, it just so happens that ChatGPT, you know, got the most sort of marketing buzz, uh, you know, mm-hmm. out there. And it's, you know, it's very easy, you know, easy to kind of use and start, um, you know, uh, playing around with. Um, but I think it's something that we need to just really take a look at. When you think of things like virtual reality and augmented reality, I think, those are going to be technologies that really impact mm-hmm. our industry because we might be able to sort of see like a real Im- imagery of what you know what mm-hmm. we might you know actually look like with uh, with different you know beauty beauty looks and we're not just talking here about hair and makeup but you'll be able to do full makeovers um, but in a sort of virtual reality world yes um, right that's uh, that's there I also believe that we're going to shift a lot more towards voice. Um, mm-hmm. commands. So today we still are doing a lot of typing, you know, whether it's be on our phones, our computers, we're typing mm-hmm. commands. Um, we're going to shift, I believe, much more towards voice and just sort of like talking and having conversations back. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Siri, if you have an iPhone, like the technology yes. of Siri, um, I'm actually surprised at how slow that technology has advanced. But I think now with mm-hmm. the rise of artificial intelligence, 
that type of technology is going to really start advancing quickly where we can actually just have conversations with our personal you know assistant um and we're going to be using that to ask for things to search for things um and that's going to have a, a big impact on you know how people discover you as a salon professional find you mm-hmm. so None of this is to scare people uh, to say, oh, technology is, you know, uh, going to take over. And um, but I do think specifically with artificial intelligence, it's something that you should spend a little bit of time, you know, sort of learning about and, and trying it out. We just actually put together uh, a 12 part video series, a kind of a tutorial video series uh, to help people just kind of get introduced to it, uh, which I think is just really basic kind of, you know, first step that people should look mm-hmm. at at this point. Yeah. And that's fantastic. Cause I think to have the series, it makes it easier. It breaks it down. And, and I think too, because we're so bombarded by information. Like I think now we're in the age of information where if you want to learn anything about anything, it's all online. So you can basically find it um, on any platform, but sometimes this information can almost be too overwhelming. You want to know about stuff, but there's so much there. But having it broken down into a 12-part series uh, for people that they can look at makes it much easier. And you also provide the services. If people want to know more, um, you can probably even do stuff for them or get them um, you know, on the right track, what, be- what the best tools are for them. So if we, we, as we're almost wrapping up, so just outside of marketing, so we're going to go away from marketing for a bit. So what are some of your personal interests or ho- hobbies that help you stay creative and inspired in your work? I, I'm a nature enthusiast. So, you know what? I love hiking. I love kayaking. Uh, I just, I love being in the outdoors and I find that being in those spaces, it quiets me. Mm-hmm. Whether I'm like in the trees on a hike or whether I'm like out on the lake, you know, just in, in my kayak, I feel a sense of peace. It quiets my brain um, and it actually allows me to sort of absorb new things. And I feel like that's maybe often a source of, of inspiration. Um, I also love sports. I'm very active, uh, you know, mm-hmm. so I, I play a lot of sports, whether it be tennis or, uh, you know, basketball or golf. Um, and, you know, that helps me, you know, keep my energy, you know, my energy level high, which I think is important for all of us, uh, yeah. you know, to, to maintain, you know, kind of a, uh, active and good energy. We need, we need positive energy flowing through us to be able to give the most of ourselves, you know, every single day in, in our, mm-hmm. in our lives, whether it be to our family, whether it be to our, you know, clientele and the workspace. So, those are the things that, uh, that kind of really drive me, um, you know, both from a creativity standpoint and kind of maintaining energy, which I believe is super important. Yeah. And that's it. Like being out in nature, you can ground, you can connect, you know, sometimes you have to unplug to get plugged back in. And I find too, like, Everything comes out of nothing. So thoughts come out of nothing. When you're in nature, some things that may come to you when you're in a busy environment, because we get thousands of thoughts per per day, per moment, you know, like that sort of thing. And the same, if you're doing some kind of sport, some kind of activity, it's getting rid of the brain fog. It's releasing those feel-good hormones. It's getting you active and connected with people. It gets your body moving, your blood flowing. And, and that does like, because obviously too, if you're in a salon standing behind a chair all day, you work a 12 hour day, 14 hour day, seven days a week, some salons are open seven days a week and you're not getting that kind of connection. I mean, the most exercise you get is running back to the, 
you know, the shampoo or the color area or, or yeah. you know, you kind of need to get out there and make it kind of a little bit different, um, you know, for you. And and that's really it. I think we have to have more marketing's part of you, but I don't think marketing you have, I think if you have a good marketing campaign or a good marketing company to go to or a mentor that you can just kind of either put it on autopilot um, because you have a marketing manager or you go on, you post what you need to post and then leave it. Don't worry about it. Don't check every five minutes to see who's liked it, to see who, you know, if they want to connect it with you, they'll phone, they'll email or whatever your call to action is sort of thing. But um so I know you're doing a lot of stuff and you have a lot of stuff on the go. Um, can you tell us about some upcoming projects or ventures you're excited about or any goals you've been looking to achieve in your career? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, it's interesting. I'm not going to get into the, we can get into the whole goal, like goal setting thing on a whole other conversation because I, I listen, you know, to a lot of podcasts and has some views mm -hmm. on the dangers of setting goals. So, uh, you know, I believe mm -hmm. in continual improvement day by day, right. Towards, mm -hmm. towards, you know, uh, uh, a positive direction. And, uh, and that's what I try to do is just be, you know, what a little bit better today than yesterday. Um, I really, genuinely care about helping our professional industry you know, as much as possible. And that's my personal goals. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's finding, you know, new ways to do that. And it's all about listening. It starts with listening. It starts with connecting. It starts with understanding what are the yeah. challenges out there. When I started Salon SOS, uh, you know, five and a half years ago, uh, the mission was to bring simple and affordable marketing solutions to the hair salon world. And that's still our mission, but it started off with, you know, websites uh, because I just saw so many salons that didn't have websites or they had old outdated websites. And mm -hmm. I was trying to understand, you know, why do they not have a website? This is so critical for your business or, or why is it there? But I see that they haven't updated it in three years because there's an old promotion that's still sitting here and mm -hmm. in talking, you know, in talking to salons and talking to, uh, you know, distributors, I understood sort of what some of the, the barriers were uh, and said, okay, I need to create a system here that's going to allow every single salon and even salon professionals. We work with a lot of independents, you know, that need their own personal branding on, you know, a, a simple tool that's super affordable that gives them that online presence. So it started with websites and then it was social media. You know, everybody needed help with social media. So we've got a lot of tools and specifically trainings around social media. Then it was this loyalty part. You know, we talked about client retention earlier and we developed a very, very powerful client retention sort of loyalty app, you know, for salons that they get their own personalized one. And so we've been working with salons on that uh, and implementing. And so it's kind of been an evolution. We launched, you know, an e-commerce platform during, you know, the, the pandemic when everybody needed to, you know, was shut down and needed to sell online, uh, you know, and they, they needed that helps. We went down that direction. Recently, we have, like I said, been following and being very close with artificial intelligence and the evolution and impact in that. So that's kind of the current, uh, you know, the current sort of baby, uh, you know, baby project uh, that we've been focusing on. There's been Google, right, helping people with their Google rankings mm -hmm. and, and search engine because that's so critical. And, you know, kind of a, a next project that we're kind of have on the on the go a little bit is just helping to um, provide more turnkey solutions. I hear this so much, you know, from, uh, from salon owners specifically, they say, you know what, like I just have, I just have 
too many things to do. And when someone tells me I should be doing this sort of marketing, it's just adding one more thing on the to-do list that, um, mm -hmm. you know, I know that I should be doing this, 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 but I just, I just don't have the time. I don't have the capacity and I just need somebody who can take care of that all for me. So we're, you know, kind of putting together a bit of a, a turnkey, almost like concierge type service to be able to implement some of these, uh, some of these actions that are important, you know, for salons to be able to put together strong promotions, properly promote those promotions in salon, online, social media, through their website, um, in a very sort of easy way that the salon actually doesn't need to think about uh, and can actually go forward. So that's something that we're, you know, uh, pretty excited about uh, bringing, bringing soon. And we'll continue to keep our ear to the ground, uh, you know, to see what the continued challenges are and continue to bring simple and affordable solutions that can help our industry. That's amazing. And people want, so if people want to see you live, you're actually speaking at Beauty X. Can you tell the audience a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, at Beauty X, uh, end of uh, end of October in Toronto, uh, I will be there uh, giving a couple of a uh, couple of classes uh, in the uh, the education training rooms. So uh, we're going to be doing a segment on Google, right? Where we're really talking about gaining clients. So it's going to be kind of broken up into two: gaining clients and different techniques and whatnot. How we can utilize uh, the online space specifically with Google, a little bit social media um, in terms of gaining clients into your salon business. And then we're going to do a section on retention, right? Uh, it's mm -hmm. all about sort of, and a bit of a focus on a retail at the same time. So how to grow your retail sales and retain clients and talk about best practices around loyalty and how that can actually help you to stimulate retail. We hear continually that, that retail sales are a, a big you know, challenge, uh, you know, at the salon level. Uh, and so we're going to be talking about some strategies in and around that. And we're going to sprinkle a little bit of the uh, artificial intelligence conversation because it's such a new hot topic. Uh, we mm -hmm. figured, you know what, we need to make sure that we're addressing some of those uh, key questions as well. So that's what you can uh, see if you come and uh, check out my classes at uh, Beauty X. Yeah, that should be, this should be exciting. So there's something else that you do like myself you also have your own podcast. So you've had incredible guests like Anna Pacito, Sam Vila. So can you tell us a little bit more about kind of what your podcast involves and and how you got into that? We don't want to go long, but we're, we're, we're kind of wrapping up. But I did see some of your episodes. Absolutely love them. So I wanted to give you a shout out as a podcast host. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about the show and, and how you created it? Yeah, thank you very much for that. It's uh, the show is called The Salon Scoop. Can be found on, on all you know podcast stations, and you know our goal is really to educate, entertain, you know, and inspire salon professionals on a bunch of topics. We obviously cover a lot of digital marketing, you know, specific topics. We do these sort of digital debriefs. Mm -hmm. um, on all different topics, but we also like to you know invite uh, some uh, you know sort of industry. Um, I say icons, but you know, people mm -hmm. with lots of experience in different areas, right? So yes. that we can highlight, you know, somebody who's been a platform artist and talk about, you know, their their experience as a platform artist, somebody else who is an actual social media influencer and talk about, you know, what it takes to be a social media influencer and how that, uh, you know, came to be, you know, somebody, you know, a salon owner that's been having success with, you know, dealing with the staff shortages and, and recruitment and how they're doing. We're just trying to sort of share some best practices, uh, different areas 
that people can kind of learn learn from and at the same time you know have some fun we'd like to have some good exchanges just like you know you do here on your uh, on your great podcast brad so um mm -hmm. yeah i think you know the more that we can just kind of get contact people like to consume information in different ways and that's why we decided you know to be there so some people you know spend a lot mm -hmm. of time on social media some people like to listen you know to podcasts while they're at the gym or while they're driving in their car some people mm -hmm. like to you know watch videos we have a youtube channel with marketing videos it's kind of like a marketing academy uh, on youtube so we've just tried to you know put content in various areas so that we can touch you know people where they are in the way that they want to you know consume information yeah, exactly. And we love here. And that's a big thing for me. I have to, I love guests that come on that are changing the industry. And you're definitely one of those people that are making a change, that are offering information, that are offering solutions. You're right on the pulse of what's happening now. So lastly, for so aspiring marketers that are listening to this podcast, what advice or words of wisdom would you like to impart to help them succeed in a dynamic world of marketing? I'm going to, I could go in a diff, several different directions here, but I'll, I'll say action beats thought every day of the week. So too mm. often we get caught up just trying to like overthink ourselves and we don't want to actually, you know, put in place. We don't want to, you know, post something until we make it perfect, perfect, perfect. But the reality yeah. is that we spend so much time thinking and, and working on it and the perfect doesn't actually exist. It's just a subjective thing in our brain. So I would say people who want to get active, just, just start doing, just start taking mm -hmm. action, putting stuff out there and then watch it, measure it, right? Track it, see what's working. And then you can continually make shifts and changes along the way. But that'll actually get you way further ahead than if you just sort of stay in the parking lot and like thinking about your plan, thinking about everything, uh, and then being too scared to actually move forward. So that'll be my, uh, my tip for today. Oh, great. That's great advice. So I want to say thank you, Scott, for being on today's Hairstyles Empowerment Podcast. So if people want to connect with you, where can they go to connect with you? Yeah. So um, on all social media, you can reach us at salon.s.o.s. Uh, you can check out our website for all the different, you know, sort of resources and services that we uh, that we have. That's just www.salonsos.ca and you can email us at info at salonsos.ca um you know and we are you know very very active and, and engaged to sort of get back to you and uh love to just have conversations with people you know we do free free consultation calls uh, we just really want to help so if you have questions as they just reach out the best thing that you can do is just ask right um rather than kind of bottling it up and uh, just ask the question reach out and you'll see there's so much love in this industry and people who want to kind of collaborate and share and we're definitely one of those one of those people um that are just happy to you know help so reach out no questions are are are, are too uh, are too silly um and you're better to inform yourself and, mm -hmm. and go from there yeah, and that, and that's exactly it. And we'll also put this on the post as well. So we'll have the links all there. So if you're interested in following up with Scott, he and his team are more than happy to engage with you and, and uh, provide solutions for you. So as we wrap up, um, 
our, our conversation went so fast. I can't believe we talked this long. But, <laughs> but as we wrap up, what's one nugget of gold you would like to leave our audience? So this could be on anything. Doesn't have to be marketing. It could be on anything. Um, <laughs> if you want to, but you already imparted so much. But but if you want to kind of leave one just nugget of gold, uh, and then we'll we'll kind of head out. <laughs> All right. Um, the nugget of gold is that the most important skill. Everything in life, you know, we we learn skills, right? We learn the skill of cutting hair. We learn the skill of coloring hair. We learn the skill of you know playing the piano. We learn the skill of playing a sport. But I would tell you that the most important skill that you can work on in your life that most people don't work on is mastering your thoughts and kind of controlling your, your mindset. It is a skill and we can work on it. And once you do and kind of are able to put yourself into more of a positive sort of mindset on things, it can completely transform the rest of your life in so many positive ways. And it's, you know, it saddens me that we don't spend much time at all working on it. And we work on all these other skills, but this one absolutely is the most important one that you can you know, possibly work on. So I encourage you to absorb information that's going to help you take more sort of power over your, uh, you know, your thoughts, your, your positive energy, uh, and you'll see incredible ramifications in your life. Wow, that's that's amazing. You've imparted so much knowledge, so much wisdom, so much gold. As I say, that's why we called this, you know, um, over the moon, <laughs> because <laughs> you've provided so much information. It really sends us above and beyond, um, you know, and I'm sure people are going to be listening to this, sharing the, this podcast for for years to come and listen to it over and over because there's always points um, in the in the show that you can always apply um, and then apply to your own marketing. And now that you know, like where to target, how to do it. Um, and e even just um, Scott's external advice as well, not necessarily related to marketing, but to life. But I think they are kind of symbiotic and joined and, and things like that. But I want to say thank you again, Scott, for being on the Hairstylist Empowerment Podcast. Um, and I'll just let everybody know today's episode has been brought to you by Beauty Industry Cruises, powerful education in beautiful destinations. There's the Caribbean in October. We're also doing uh, January. We're doing Australia. And in June, we'll be in the Mediterranean. Uh, those events are, are announced now on www.beautyindustrycruises.com. Um, and you can go to on social media at IG and Facebook, uh, Beauty Industry Cruises. Check it out. All the stuff is there. So remember to get up, dress up, show up wonderfully and powerfully. And I'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.